if you've been seeing on Facebook, uh, I have been posting and we've been posting that we have an announcement, something that we're talking about today. Uh, that's going to be at the very end of service, okay? And there's a reason for that. Uh, so I need you to hang in here, hang in with this, with this message, with this sermon. Uh, I believe that it's going to be something that can speak to you. I believe it's going to be something that can really impact uh, your life. And, and the announcement that comes at the end ties in with it. Uh, so be present this morning. You don't want to, even though you're here, be present. You don't want to miss it. Uh, so we are continuing our Shape Up series. Last week we talked about shaping up our attitudes. We talked about how our problems that we think are our problems are really not our problem. It's the way that we respond to it. Uh, we talked about not having a, a victim mindset, keeping our problems uh, in perspective and choosing joy in the hard times. And today we are talking about shaping up our faith. Shaping up our faith. We're going to be in two passages of Scripture. Actually, we're going to be in a ton of Scripture. Uh, but it's two main chapters. So uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and chapter 11. Uh, we're also going to be in 2 Corinthians and Numbers 13. But you don't have to turn there. That's a lot of, a lot of flipping. So before we talk about shaping up our faith, we need to establish what it is and what it isn't. Because we throw the word faith out kind of loosely. Uh, For example, come August, come September, you're going to hear me probably from this pulpit, and you will hear other people uh, in your life, in your friendships, maybe you're the person that's going to be saying this, you will say a sentence like, I have faith that this year is the year of the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) You will say it. You will say, I have faith that this is the year that Jerry Jones stops making dumb decisions. We're going to start saying it. And guess what? It's probably wrong. (laughs) That's probably not right. We throw the word faith around, and we really don't even know exactly what it means. So we're going to establish real quick what faith is and what faith isn't. Faith is not belief. Okay? Belief is belief. That's pretty simple. That's pretty simple to understand. When you believe something, you're not having faith in it. Belief is a part of faith, but, but faith in and of itself is not simply belief. Faith isn't something that you can see. I'll say it's not something that you can see yet. Okay? When I come in this room and I see the carpet, I don't have to come in here and say, I have faith that there's carpet in this room. That's not having faith. That's sight. Anyone can come in here that has vision and can tell that this is carpet. It's not hardwood floor. It's not tile. That's not faith. Faith is not something that you can see. Faith is also not believe. I'm going to give you a pretty simple definition of faith, and we're going to go go with this the rest of the message. Faith is hearing God, believing God, and acting on what he said. Hearing God, believing God, and acting in what he said. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this. And I'm sure you've heard this verse. We live by faith, not by sight. Often it says we walk by faith, not by sight. What that means is faith, again, is not sight, but faith requires action. Faith requires action. We walk by faith. We live by faith. It's not a passive activity. It requires action for you to actually be walking in faith, it requires a step. Sometimes faith is following command of God. God has a lot of these in here. God has a lot of times. He says, please do this. Please don't do this. So faith is hearing God say it. This is, this is God-breathed. The Bible is God-breathed, God-inspired. 
So when you're reading it, you're actually hearing from God. The things that you read in here are you directly hearing from God. And so faith is, I hear what you're saying here. And because you're saying it, I'm going to do it. Because you say don't murder, I'm not going to murder. God, I, I believe that that's you, and I'm going to have faith and live that out. Sometimes it's believing that God's going to rescue us because he said so. He said, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to leave you in the hard place. I'm going to come and meet you. He says this in the Word. The key to faith is hearing from God and acting it out. Hearing from God and acting it out. Far too often I, I, I feel that we're controlled by faith's evil twin brother, fear. I feel that we are controlled either by faith or by fear. I'm going to read you something. This is called The Tale of Two Wolves. You may have heard this. Uh, this is an old Cherokee, an old Cherokee story. Uh, one evening, an old Cherokee told his grandson about a battle that goes on inside people. He said, my son, the battle is between two wolves inside us all. One is evil. It is anger, envy, jealousy, doubt, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, ego, and fear. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, forgiveness, truth, compassion, and faith. The grandson thought about it for a minute, and then he asked his grandfather, which wolf wins? And the old Cherokee simply replied, the one that you feed. In our lives, we do have two kingdoms that are pulling us apart. Okay, we've talked about this. The Bible says that we have power of life and death simply in our, in our words. What that means is we have to recognize what life is and what death is, and we can do that. We know what's good, and we know what's evil. Example, faith and fear. But it's our responsibility to choose which way we side. It's our responsibility to choose, am I going to live in fear or am I going to live in faith? We inherently know the difference in these two. We know what God is saying. We know what God isn't saying. It's up to us to live it out or to live in fear. But one of those is going to win in your life, the one that you feed. If you're going to feed your faith, your fear doesn't win. But on the contrary, if you choose to feed your fear, You'll starve your faith. Your faith cannot survive while you're feeding your fear. But we have that choice. We're not just choosing what we want to feed. We're choosing what we want to starve at the same time. You know, we hear stories of, of these Old Testament heroes and, and the amazing testimonies, uh, the power of God that was on them, the leadership, the strength. But it's so easy to forget that these people were everyday average Joes that you would run into like on the street. These were regular people. They sinned a lot. Okay, you can go ahead and turn to Hebrews 11 if you want to. But Hebrews 11, it starts with what's called the hall of faith. Okay, this is called the hall of faith. And it says, in faith, so-and-so did this. In faith, so-and-so did this. Again, faith is an action. And they did these amazing things and these testimonies of, of rescue and these heroic stories. But if you read their stories in the Old Testament, you read some of the things that they did, some of the, the things that they walked in, you're going to see these people sinned. Example, David. David sinned a lot. <laughs> David was a murderer and adulterer. David did a lot of bad things, but he was called a man after God's own heart. You have other people in this list that 
sinned. They got drunk. They stole. They did all these different sins, but they're not known by that. They're not known because of their sin. They're known because of their faith. So this, is a side, this isn't even in the, in the message notes. This is just a side note. If you make the decision to live faith over fear, if you make that decision, I want you to know, you're not going to go down and be known for the sins that you commit and the things that you've done wrong, but God is going to recognize you and know you for the faith that you have and the ways that you honored him and lived by his word. Okay? The Bible says, and this, we've talked about this before, but the Bible says Jesus wipes away our sin. We're still going to sin, but he doesn't recognize us by that. He recognizes us by our identity, and our identity is righteous when we choose to live with Christ and follow him. So that's just a little side note, just a little encouragement. You're not going to be known for your sin. You're not going to be known for the hurt that you've done, the hurt that you've caused, the hurt that you've received. You're going to be known by the acts of faith, the ways that you listened to God, the ways that you honored what he said. The difference in these Old Testament people and me. Sometimes I read this, and I think, you know, I think in my life, there's people that know me that base me and what they think about me on, on the sins that I've done, the bad things that I've done. And I think, well, how is that fair? I didn't murder anybody. But, but yet, David's not known for that. And we, I, I begin to compare myself. Well, the difference is, they lived in extraordinary faith. Unbelievable faith. And is there times in my life that I haven't done that? Absolutely. And so my goal is that we would learn from them that our faith is what defines us. Our faith is up to us. First off, we can make that choice to live in faith or to live in fear. But secondly, our faith is going to be what goes down and defines us. These individuals were heroes of the faith because of the way that they lived out their faith, which is good news for us. That means we can be heroes of the faith if we ensure that we live out our faith, that we hear from God, believe that it's God, and act out in what he says. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Hebrews 10, 38. But my righteous one will what? Live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. It has a little reference there to Habakkuk. If you want to turn there, you can, but that's just referencing again, God saying the exact same thing. My righteous one will live by faith. It doesn't say just walk by faith. It says live by faith, which means this. Faith has to be a lifestyle. It's not something that you get to pick and choose when you're going to listen to God and when you're going to act in what he says and when you're not. Faith is a lifestyle. It's something that we live in constantly, that we always act in. Faith over fear has to become our lifestyle, our norm. Our modus operandi it has to be the way that we operate every day. Faith over fear. Faith over fear. We need to breathe that in and breathe it out. Faith over fear. It also says, you must walk by faith in order to be pleasing to God. It says that. It actually says, he doesn't want you when you don't walk by faith. He, he, it's disgusting to him. He wants us to live by faith. Hebrews 11.6. We've all heard this one. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. God can't be pleased when we don't make the decision to live in our faith. Last, last note from this verse. It says that without faith, when you don't walk in faith, 
you are unrighteous. It says, my righteous ones will walk in faith. So break that down a little bit. We're not righteous when we don't walk in faith. And, and you're thinking, well, Landon, you just said righteousness is about identity. Absolutely it's about identity. Righteousness is an identity that God puts inside of you. But here's the thing. If that identity is not changing you from the inside out, you have to begin to think, do I really believe this? Because when you really believe what Jesus did for you and what he's doing inside of you, your actions will change. The way that you live will change. And faith over fear will become a lifestyle. It will become the norm in your life. Living by faith promises God's action in our life. It promises God's action. Hebrews 10, 35. So do not throw away your confidence. Confidence and faith are, one in, are almost one and the same in Scripture. Okay? They're, they're used interchangeably. Often, you know, Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is being sure, being confident. Faith and confidence, one and the same. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. The steps that we take, the confidence that we have, our faith promises that God's action will happen in our life. It promises that. Just by us living out what He says, promised action occurs. Promised action from Scripture occurs in our lives. Faith is trusting and believing that God is speaking the truth and then taking a step, which means this. Until it hits your feet, it's not faith. I hurt because Christians in this day and age are known not for their love, not for their grace, but for hypocrisy. The church today is known for hypocrisy. And this is why. You find people... I've. All the time, Christians that know everything they're supposed to say, they know everything that's right, everything that's in Scripture, they grew up in church, they know all the right things. But it hasn't hit their feet. And when faith doesn't hit our feet, it's not faith. Anyone can know this. Anyone that can read can know what they're supposed to say and know what they're supposed to do. But until it hits your feet, it's not faith. I'm going to give you some examples, and some people are about to get really uncomfortable. We're just going to do it anyways, because that's just apparently what I do. (laughs) Let's talk about tithe again for a second. We all love when pastor talks about tithe. We're not taking up another tithe. This is not a tithe message. But faith is this. God, I know that you say to tithe 10%. I know that you say to do that. But God, nothing makes sense in my life right now. I don't have a job. I don't have this money. God, I don't know where dinner's coming from. But faith is saying, because you said it, I know that you're going to provide for me. And so I'm going to give 10%. That's faith. When you say, God, I don't know where dinner's coming from, so instead of tithing, I'm going to save this, and I'm going to go eat at Chucky's. What's that place called? Jester's. Not Chucky's. That's that scary doll. (laughs) That's not faith. Because faith is hearing and believing what God says and acting it out. And God says, when you give 10%, I'm going to bless you. I will bless you. And so faith is saying, God, I trust you in that. And I'm going to take a step. I'm going to read you some stories or tell you some stories from the Old Testament. Moses and the Israelites. Moses was a man of faith. God one day scares Moses and he says, Moses, all of my people are enslaved. And I want you to go 
to the leader. I want you to go to the Pharaoh and tell him he needs to let them all go. And Mero, Mero, <laughs> Moses, Moses doubts for a second. He says, God, I'm not good enough for this. How am I supposed to do this? I can't even talk. Moses says this to God. But he pushes past his doubt and his fear. And he goes to Pharaoh. And he says, Pharaoh, here's the deal. Pharaoh, not Mero. Pharaoh, you need to let all these people go. It's time to let all these people go. Pharaoh says, no. In this moment, Moses is walking away. You have to know that in that moment, he had some doubt. God, you told me to do this. I went and did it. And what? He says, no. But Moses continued to believe what God said, and so he continued to act it out. He keeps going back to Pharaoh. God is trying to make himself known to Pharaoh. All these plagues, all these plagues. Moses is to keep going back to Pharaoh. Let the people go. God says to let the people go. God says to let the people go. Finally, ten plagues later, Pharaoh lets all the people go. And Moses gathers them, and they begin to walk. And he's leading these people. And then they come to this giant body of water. And in front of them is this giant body of water. And behind them is this army that they just, they just escaped from coming to kill them. You have to think, when Moses reaches the Red Sea, his first thought was, God, are you kidding me? I'm listening to you. I'm acting what you said. And you lead me to this, where we're all going to die out here. And, and, and you have to think, God is just like, Moses, I just did all of these things. I just did all these things. Just trust me. And Moses continues to have faith, continues to trust. And what happens? The water parts. Everyone gets across. The army that's coming after him all dies. Because Moses was willing to push past his fear and do what God said. He led an entire nation out of captivity. But it was dependent on Moses saying yes and dependent on Moses Acting. Abraham and Isaac. This is, one of the, this is one of the most bizarre stories in the Bible. If you want to read it, you can study this probably for like 10 years and still take lessons from it. Abraham and Isaac shadows Jesus. God and Jesus. It shadows it in the New Testament. If you think Jesus is not in the Old Testament, you need to reread it again because Jesus is on every single page of the Old Testament. But what happens is God says, Abraham, I need you to take Isaac and I want you to go up and make a sacrifice. And Abraham says... What sacrifice? And he says, I told you to take Isaac. And Abraham's thinking, what? What? I'm supposed to do what? But he believes God's going to deliver him. And he believes God said something. And so he makes the decision to go. Abraham and Isaac hiking up the mountain. You have to think. While he's taking these steps, he's thinking, God, what are you doing? God, I'm trusting you. What are you doing? You want me to sacrifice my son? What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> so they begin to walk. They begin to walk. Isaac begins to ask questions. Uh, hey, Dad, <laughs> we're not carrying anything up this mountain. And he starts to get the picture, and he goes silent. Abraham continues to trust God, continues to trust God, continues to trust God, takes steps in faith knowing God's going to show up. He does so much as tie him down on the rock, and he lifts up his knife, and he's ready. And suddenly, out from the woods, Pops a little goat. And God's like, here, here. And he made himself known to Abraham and Isaac because they were willing to do what he said. Their faith made God 
more real and more present than ever before. He showed up because of what? Their faith. Last one. Joseph and Mary. The epitome of faith. Joseph and Mary were not, they were engaged. They weren't, they weren't married yet. They hadn't slept together. Mary, an angel appears. Mary is pregnant. Mary tells Joseph, Joseph, I'm pregnant with the Messiah. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes for just a second. He's thinking, you liar. You messed around. You're trying to come across as good. So you're saying you're birthing the Messiah. I mean, if you heard that, you'd be like, what? What? Joseph goes, here's from God. And so he makes the decision, I'm going to trust you, God, that you're speaking to me. So Mary and Joseph face ridicule from their community because they're pregnant. She is pregnant. And they're not married. They're facing ridicule, ridicule from their community. They're being outsiders. But because of their faith, the Savior of the world was born. And the entirety of humanity has the opportunity to be saved because of that. Because of their faith and their willingness to take steps and listen to what God said. These are people that had extraordinary faith. They trusted and believed that God spoke to them and pushed past the doubt and took a step. They believed God was telling the truth. That's what faith is. I believe, God, you're telling the truth, so I'm going to live it out. On the contrary, living in fear is telling God he's a liar. God, what, what you say in here can't be true. You are a liar. God, you, you said you were going to show up. I haven't seen it yet. You're a liar. God, I know that you say not to do this. I know that you say to do this, but I don't trust you. You're a liar. I'm not going to. Now, often we take steps and believe God in things that we like and that we're comfortable in, but not in things that are uncomfortable or that we don't like. You know, God, I know that you want me to, to stop watching porn, but... But it, I, I'm not going to steal anything today, okay? So we'll just, we try and compromise with God. I, I can't really stop watching porn. I'm, I'm not comfortable doing that. But I won't, I won't steal, okay? So <laughs> we're good? No. God, I know that you tell me in your word. I've got to go out and make disciples. I've got to go reach people. And I'm not really comfortable with that, so I'm just not going to murder today. God, are we, are we cool? Here's the deal. Faith is a lifestyle, not choices you can make. You don't get to sit and choose and tell God, I'm going to follow this and this and this, but not this. That's not up to us. Faith is a lifestyle. And the Bible, all throughout Scripture says, you are blessed when you follow His commands, when you do what He's asking you to do. You're blessed. In life, you're blessed with love and with hope and with joy and all good things. We're blessed but we have to follow His commands. God's promises sometimes lay dormant in our lives because of us, not because of Him, but because we are unwilling to take a step, because we are unwilling to act in our faith. And you know, sometimes, again, going back to this, we, we pick and choose sometimes. God, you're a liar in this scenario, but in this scenario, please fix this. God, you're a liar right here. Right here, I don't, I don't believe what you're saying, but please heal me. If I'm God, I'm pretty angry that you're, you're calling me a liar. 
my heart's breaking because you don't believe that I have the best for you. And he so does. Everything in Scripture is for you. And when we follow it, we get a blessing. It's easy to have faith when things make sense. Dakota, can you come help me? Dakota's super thrilled that I asked her to be my volunteer today. When things make sense, it's easy to trust. I want you to just face somewhere. I'm going to tie this around your head, okay? I don't know how to tie things, so... Can you breathe? I'm sorry, I got your hair. Okay, can you see anything? How many fingers am I holding up? I don't know. Good, all right. All right, so I want you to face right here, okay? All right, I just want you to fall backwards, okay? Just do a trust fall. I'm behind you. I'm catching you, okay? Just fall back. Okay, look, you're fine. You're fine. All right. But when things don't make sense, when everything's not lining up, it's much harder to trust. My heart's beating fast, and I'm not even Dakota. (laughs) Dakota, do you hear me standing in front of you? Yes. Okay, I want you to fall backwards. Fall backwards? I want... (laughs) I want you to fall backward. I want you to trust me. Okay? I know. Just fall backwards. Just trust me. Just fall backwards. You're okay. Just trust me, okay? Trust me. Just fall backwards. Boom! All right, thank you. That could not have worked more perfectly. (laughs) When everything makes sense, when Dakota heard me behind her, she was okay with falling. I mean, she was still scared because she's blindfolded, but she was more comfortable falling backwards because she knew I was there. But when I'm standing right in front of her and she can hear me in front of her, absolutely there's fear. She didn't know Danley was standing behind her. She's crying right now. When everything makes sense, it's easy to have faith. But when everything doesn't make sense, when things aren't adding up, it's so much more difficult. But we have to know that God says in His Word, I'm for you. I will be there. I will show up. But she still had to fall. We still have to be willing to take that step. And God will show up. He always does. That's faith. Thank you, Dakota, for being willing to do that. Uh, I want to, I you don't have to turn here, but I'm going to tell you a quick story from Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. God sends 12 disciples, 12 disciples, 12 people to the promised land, 12 spies to the promised land. Ten of them had fear. Two of them had faith. Here's the result. Two of them entered the promised land. Ten of them did not. Those ten wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. Wandered for 40 years because why? They weren't willing to trust God. They weren't willing to have faith. They were scared. And because of that, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. But guess what happened? 40 years later, they come back and God makes them face the exact same test again. This is true of our lives. God has lessons that he wants you to learn. He wants you to grow in him, grow with him. But 
We have to be willing. It's up to us. These people wandered for 40 years. Sometimes we wander and we wander and we wander. And we think, God, why aren't you here? And he's saying, I am here. I want you to pass this test. Some of us have been in faith college for 40 or, 40 or more years. And we're sitting here wondering, God, why am I still here? Why is this happening? And he's saying, just pass the test. You can pass the test. God's going to make you repeat the things. And sometimes that's hard and it's annoying. But it's because he wants you to grow. He wants you to experience him in a way that you never have before. And so it requires you to have faith and take a step. You can't miss out on the lessons God has for you. He knows what's best and he doesn't want you to, to do that. Fear causes three things in our life. Three things. Number one, fear causes us to be satisfied with less because we're scared of more. Fear causes us to be satisfied with less because we're scared of more. God is a God of abundance. All throughout Scripture, He says, I've come so that you can have life and you can have life abundantly. He wants more for us, more for our lives. But when we have fear instead of faith, when we have fear instead of faith, we're satisfied with less. God, I don't, I, don't, I don't trust what you have for me. So I'm going to be okay with where I'm at. Fear causes us to be satisfied with less. Fear causes us to be satisfied with the present. I believe genuinely that God has put things in your mind and in your heart. Ideas, visions, callings. But those are scary to walk in sometimes. There's things that he's called you to do in your life. And it's scary sometimes to walk in. And so instead of living in the future and what God has for you, we're comfortable living in the present. Sometimes even living in the past because we're scared of now. But faith knows, God, you're going to show up. And God, you know what you're talking about. So I'm going to take a step in belief. Number three, fear causes us to be satisfied without God. Because if we choose to live in fear instead of faith, we're choosing to not live out what God has asked us to do. And as we read, it's impossible to please God that way. Fear causes us to be satisfied without God. So how do we feed our faith? Three quick things and we're done. How do we feed our faith? Number one, remember what God has done in your life. This is called having an attitude of gratitude in our lives. Thank God and remember what He's already done. This is a really good way to feed your faith. God, I didn't know how I was going to make my car payment this month, but you showed up. God, I didn't know if I was going to have a place to stay, but you showed up. God, thank you that I have this job. Thank you that I have this family. God, thank you for all of these things. And having an attitude of reflection on what God has done will grow your faith because we remember he's always shown up and he's always been good. This is not just about remembering Old Testament, New Testament stories. It's your life. What has God done? Fear forgets, but faith remembers, okay? Number two, be God-dependent. If I depend on me, I will fail me. You will fail you. But he's never going to fail us, ever. He just doesn't. When we need him, he shows up. And so in my life, I can't depend on me. I can't depend on what I can control, what I can do. I have to depend on God and what He's going to do in my life. Be God-dependent. Number two, 
Number three. This is, I mean, this is going to sound like an oxymoron, but it's true. Doing things of faith will feed your faith. Growth grows you. When you make the decision to take steps of faith, you're going to have more to go off of. When things get harder, when things get more difficult, you can reflect on the things that you've done in faith and how God has shown up in that way. Growth grows. Here we go. Let's talk about some things. Our mission statement as a church is this. As disciples of Christ, we are desiring to empower disciples to reach the nations with the good news of Jesus. We know that God says in Scripture, Jesus says, you need to go to the nations and you need to tell them. Go to the nations. Matthew 28. He doesn't list qualifications for that. He doesn't say, if you're this wealthy or of this age or this gender, go to the nations. He says, no matter what, go tell people. Go tell people about me. Go into all the world and make disciples. We have an opportunity as a church to do this. Uh, I am beyond excited. I'm like shaking how excited I am that we as a church have the opportunity to take this step. We want to believe in faith that God is saying go to the nations. And so we are taking a step towards that. We are partnering. We had the opportunity to partner with an organization called Live Missions in Abilene, Texas. I'm on, the, I'm on the board of Live Missions, and we have an opportunity to take an international mission trip with them uh, to Uganda, which is in the middle of Africa. This will be December 28th through January 6th. I'm sorry, that's not the right date. It's December 30th through January 8th. I have all my numbers. Met. I told you I'm so excited about this. The goal of this mission trip is to do exactly what the Great Commission says. Go into all the world and reach the lost. It's an evangelism trip. We're going. We're going to meet people that have never heard about Jesus. And we're going to say, hey, I have really good news for you. And we're living in faith in what God tell, tells us to do. Go into all the world and make disciples. And we have that opportunity. Let me tell you, right now, in this moment, some of you are already feeling like, oh, I need to go. I need to go to that trip. Listen to God when, when he speaks to you. But number two, don't let the enemy try and, and trick you and try and confuse you. God always shows up. He does. When we need him, he shows up. I'm going to tell you the price of this trip, and some of you are going to drop your pins or throw them at me. Here's the deal. God always shows up. I lived overseas for about a year, and uh, I don't remember how long. <laughs> overseas, I did missions for a long time. There was times where I thought, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. I don't know how I'm going to buy this, this plane ticket. And guess what? God showed up. Every single time, he showed up. We're going to have opportunities to do uh, fundraisers. I have a ton of fundraisers that we have lined up that we're going to do. This trip has to have a minimum amount of people. So I've talked to a couple other people from other churches, too. Uh, to see if maybe we can, we can make this trip happen. Again, I'm super excited about it. The cost is $2,900 a person. Again, sounds like a lot. But when you think about this, every dollar on the earth is God's money. <laughs> every single dollar. And when we're willing to work for it, he's going to show up. He will show up. I think this is an amazing opportunity that we have. 
to live our faith out. Here's the promise I'm going to make you, and then we're done. I know I'm rambling, but then I'm done. If you make the decision to go on this trip, live out your faith, live out the calling that God has for you, if you make that decision and you come back and your life isn't changed and your faith isn't changed, I will personally reimburse you for the trip. Out of my own pocket, not the church, I will repay you for the trip. You're thinking, Landon, do you have that kind of money to throw around? No! (laughs) That's how confident I am that God is going to show up and move in your life in ways that you've never experienced before. We're not just talking about reaching the lost. We are, we are going to do that. We're going to see people come to know Jesus. We're going to see baptisms. We're going to see disciples being made. But your faith will grow. Your faith in Jesus will grow. If you're interested in going on that trip, I'm going to be posting some stuff on Facebook. You can also just come tell me. You can shoot me a message. Email me. Contact me in some way. We're going to have a meeting about it to talk about fundraisers. I haven't set the date for that yet. Don't let your fear be the reason you don't go. Don't let money be the reason you don't go because God has a way and He makes it happen. He is good and He always shows up. Lord, we love You. We love You so much and we're so thankful for You and we're so thankful for the ways that You move in our lives. God, I pray this week we would be challenged to live out our faith. This week You would bring opportunities to us that we could live out our faith. God, I pray if You're stirring up Hearts in here to go serve in Uganda. Lord, I pray that, that we, would, we would listen and that we would follow you. We love you, Lord, and you are always good and you're always faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.